Hello, I'm Marvin Fant, and this is Fantline, where we're not afraid to speak truth, and it doesn't matter if you're conservative or liberal, Democrat or Republican, because right always trumps over wrong. Enough said. chapter 3, the book of Titus chapter 3, and you'll find that just before uh, Philemon, which is just before the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, so if you can find that, then you'll be pretty close to Titus. Now, while the congregation is looking that up, I want to give you that are watching me by television the same opportunity that was afforded those here in the congregation earlier. And that is, in your case, the opportunity of sending your tithes, offerings, and gifts of love for the financial support of ever-increasing faith television. Now, the reason they were clapping and making all that noise is not to be silly, but the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver, which means a happy and hilarious giver. And so we're excited and happy about your potential partnership with us in the support of this television ministry. I need your financial support if ever increasing faith television is to remain on the air in your area i would not dare to suggest how much you should give all i would ask you to do is to measure the value of this ministry to you and yours if it is valuable and you think that it ought to remain on the air and you're not already a committed faith partner then i would ask you to consider prayerfully becoming a partner with us in the support of the ministry on the screen is an address where you can mail your tithe offering or gift of love right now i want to pray for you and pray with you simply adding my faith to your faith and setting myself in agreement with you that you're going to receive the return on your giving because you will be participating in a spiritual law called sowing and reaping and this ministry is good ground into which to sow so you have a right to expect by faith to receive a return on your giving so that you can have more seed to live on and ultimately more seed to plant. So would you join me in prayer? Father, we praise you and thank you that in this covenant dispensation of grace, your word declares that you love a cheerful, happy, and hilarious giver. And we are indeed happy and hilarious about our opportunity to give to you through the ministry of ever-increasing faith television. We thank you also that you provided for us a great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, whoever lives in the holy sanctuary of heaven to make intercession on our behalf. And dear Jesus, we're thanking you now that as our high priest, you will take the tithes, the offerings and gifts of love sent by the people for the support of this ministry before the Father, and you will worship him with them on our behalf. And for that, we thank you. Now, Father, as pastor of Crenshaw Christian Center Church here locally and as pastor of ever-increasing faith television for many thousands who are watching me now, I set myself in agreement with each and every one of them that they will receive the corresponding return on their giving and that all of their individual and family needs, along with the needs of ever-increasing faith television, are met according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. By faith, we declare it done, and we give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. And all who agreed with that prayer said, Amen. Thank you so very much for your faithful and continued support of the ministry of ever-increasing faith television. You are helping to make it happen. Please be advised that this television ministry was never, ever intended to be a substitute for belonging to going to and being committed to a local church and pastor. And so seek out that church in your area. If you have not yet found it, then by all means, continue to draw from ever-increasing faith television. And by the way, the doors of Crenshaw Christian Center are open to you, no matter who you are. If you like the television ministry and would like to be in a live service or make this your church home, you would be most welcome. All right. We are teaching on the subject of what? What? Race, Race, religion, and racism. Now, last time as we closed, I was making this statement. Traditionally, God and practically all Bible characters have been portrayed as white. The question is... 
is this a biblically, historically, and scientifically accurate portrayal of mankind as created by the God of the Bible? I think that it would be interesting for our study to see what the Bible, historians, and scientists have said about this situation. Information that has been in part hidden over time in terms of the general public's knowledge about it. Now, in Titus chapter 3, I left off with two passages of scripture last time. Actually, Titus chapter 3 and Timothy chapter 1. Uh, you've got Titus 3, but go to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1, because I want to I wanna swing through both of these verses, or swing back and forth one to the other. Titus chapter 3 and 1 Timothy chapter 1. <clears throat> Now, in Titus chapter 3, I want to read again. We read it just as we closed last time, but just in order to bring us up to speed so that we'll be clicking along in the same spot. I want to read these two verses. So let me read this for you. You follow along. I'm reading from the New King James Version of Titus chapter 3, verse 9. says, but avoid foolish Disputes. Now, I think I told you last time, underline the word foolish. That's a key word. Underline the word foolish. It says, but avoid foolish disputes, genealogies, contentions, and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and useless. Now, let's get that. But avoid foolish disputes genealogies, contentions, and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and useless. Now, the reason that I'm reading this and the one in Timothy in just a moment is because in order to ferret out the problem with this race thing in America, and especially this black-white race thing in America, we have to go back to the beginning and find out how did it get like this? Because you see, this that we are experiencing in our day is an effect of a cause. And if we don't know what caused it, then we cannot effectively fix it because it is in dire need of fixing. And so I want to use these two verses because I know how some ministers and people are going to react to this. They're going to accuse me of exactly what this verse says, avoid foolish disputes in genealogy. And in a few moments, we're going to get into some genealogies. And I know what they're going to do. They're going to say that, that Fred Price is causing division in the body of Christ because he is doing exactly what the Bible says not to do but i want you to read notice carefully i had you underline the word foolish it says but avoid foolish see it did not say avoid disputes sometimes disputes are necessary sometimes that's the only way you're gonna get a resolution to a situation you're gonna have to have a dispute i dispute all the time with the devil and i'm disputing with him letting him know this is my territory get your big fat feet off of it this is mine i've been redeemed from the curse get your hands out of my cookie jar I'm always in dispute with the devil. So sometimes disputes are good. Now, it does not say avoid disputes. It does not say avoid genealogies. It does not say avoid contentions. It does not say avoid strivings about the law. It said avoid foolish. Well, I'm here to tell you, I am not foolish and you are not foolish or you wouldn't be here. So then that doesn't apply to us. All we have to do is be sure that we avoid all the foolish stuff. So what I've decided to do is let the fools deal with the foolish stuff. And we'll deal with the stuff that needs to be dealt with. Okay? Because I told you last time, you'll, you'll start hearing it. You'll see the TV ministries, other ministries will start, start picking on me. 
because they'll claim, especially the house niggas. They're going to be upset because they're going to say, well, man, you you know, Fred Price should shut up and stop talking about this thing. I mean, we got it made. We're riding in the front of the bus. We've never been able to do that before. We used to be in the back of the bus. We got we don't have separate drinking fountains no more. If he keep on messing with this stuff, then white folks going to put us back in the back of the bus. Well, I tell you what, if I'm destined to the back of the bus, I want to find out right now so I can change bus lines. Okay, now go, go to First Timothy chapter 1. I've said it before, I'll say it again, it's unpleasant. It grates, you know. I don't, I really don't like it, but it's a fact, it's got to be dealt with. And most people are too chicken to deal with it. Because they don't want to take the flack. But I have armor. I put it on about 27 years ago, and I have never taken it off. So I'm equipped. Take your best shot. <laughs> All right, First Timothy, First Timothy, chapter one, verse four says, "Nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which cause disputes rather than godly edification, which is in faith." Now, is there anybody that has a traditional King James? Okay, what what does that? Um, the part of the verse in the New King James says, which causes disputes. Does it say divisions in there? Questions. Questions? Okay, let me let me have it. I neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. Okay, now, New King James says, which cause disputes rather than godly edification. But now notice the word Endless. I think I had you to underline that last time. If not, underline it. See, the word endless has a meaning. And what the word endless means, it, it really means something that's not complete. In other words, it doesn't have an end to it. You just keep going on and on and on and on and on. All it's telling you is to, to, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies. Notice it does not say genealogies. It says endless genealogies. So as long as we stay away from the endless ones, then we can talk about genealogy. Because see, here's, here's how you prove it out. If God, see, now I want you to get this so you can help your friends and your relatives when this hits the air. Because I know exactly what's going to happen. See, I'll be accused of being a strife starter causing division but see if it meant for us to avoid genealogies period then god would be in violation of his own word because in the gospel of matthew and in the gospel of luke the genealogy of the lord jesus christ is given all the way back to Adam all the way up to Jesus. So if genealogies in themselves were bad and evil and to be avoided, then God should never have put the genealogy of his son in the book because he violates his own word. So he's not talking about genealogy. He's talking about endless. But I ain't going to deal with no endless. I'm going to put an end to the one I'm going to give you. Oh, it's going to have an end. Trust me, it's not endless. It has an end. It has a purpose. And we have to go back to the genealogies to find out who we is and why we is. Are. Okay? So I just wanted you to get that because you hear it. I'm telling you, mark it down. Mark it down. You're going to hear it, and they're going to be jumping all over the kid. Call, calling me all kind of stuff and they watch and see some of your prominent ones are going to come up with these scriptures i want you to get that in your head so that you'll hear it and you'll understand all it is is because they they're not listening and they're not reading it does not say genealogies it says endless 
It does not say genealogy that says foolish. And the ones I'm going to give you are not foolish because the ones I'm going to give you is going to tell us where we came from. And there ain't nothing foolish about where we came from. Okay. All right. Now, having said that, let's look at some things here. I want to talk now about Noah. Remember Noah and the ark? I want to talk about Noah and the races. After the great flood that wiped out the whole world, according to the 10th chapter of Genesis, 71, say 71, 71 distinct nations are listed descending from Noah's three sons. Noah had three sons. And out of those three sons, the human race as we know it descended. Now, you've heard me mention it, and I, I do it only because society has come up with this delineation. But we talk about the black, the white, the red, the brown, and the yellow. Well, really, there's only three. There's really only three. Because Noah only had three sons. Shem, Ham, and Japheth were commanded by God to go forth and repopulate the earth according to the ninth chapter of Genesis. From these three sons of Noah, the nations of the earth were established. They are the patriarchs of the three major color groups of humans who still exist today. Now get this. From Ham, the father of the so-called black color group, came a total of 30 separate nations. 30. Turn in your Bible to Genesis chapter 10. We go into the genealogy now. And they will not be endless. They will have an end. Because we had to come from somewhere. And I, I'm, I'm sorry to have to say it, but storks don't bring folk. That, that just won't... Hey, that bird won't fly. So we had to come from somewhere. Now, God has to be at least as smart as we are. I mean, there ain't no way he could be smarter than us. But I think all of us would at least agree and be willing to concede the fact that God is at least as intelligent as we are. And being God Almighty, able with his omniscience to know everything, he would know the future and he would know the kind of problems that would arise as a result of all these different pigmentations. So it seemed like he could have made the game a lot easier by making everybody one color. Then instead of fighting over what color everybody is, we could fight over who got the longest hair, the shortest hair, the biggest eyes, the longest nose, the tallest person, the fattest or widest. We could then have that to fight over. We wouldn't have to deal with color. But all these colors all came from the same source. So God must have had a purpose. So we need to find out the purpose and we need to know where we fit into the purpose. Because see, this society, and see, I'm primarily dealing with racism in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am not, say Pastor Price is not, Pastor Price is not. 
dealing with racism in society as a whole. Okay, I'm a minister of the gospel. I have been given an assignment to challenge this thing in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, in the body of Christ, in the church. Okay, and in this nation, down through history, from the inception of this nation, if we take it back just to the, the, the first people, black people that were that set foot on this continent as slaves was 1619. And from that time up to now, there has been a lie promulgated down through time from father to son, from father to son, from father to son, from father to son, from father to daughter, from daughter to child, to child, to whatever. That black people were created to be burden bearers for the white man. I know that stings, but I didn't start it. I'm sorry that it's here. And I would to God that somebody before I ever got here had dealt with this crap and we wouldn't have to be listening to it now. But they didn't. They shirked their responsibility. They hid their heads in the sand. And so I've got the garbage detail. But I really don't mind because the pay is so good and so are the benefits. <laughs> Amen. Okay. So we've got to go back and find out how did all this start, see? God must have a purpose in it. I mean, he, he's able to see down through time. He would know what kind of confusion all this mess is going to have. Why would? Why did he just make everybody black? Or why did he make everybody white? Or why did he make everybody brown? Or why did he make everybody yellow or red or whatever? <laughs> well, actually, he did. <clears throat> we'll get into that a little bit later. There's actually only one color. But I just, I just throw that out there. There's really only one color. One color. There is actually only one color. One. And it ain't white and it ain't black. It's not brown, it's not red, and it's not yellow. I'll let you chew on that a while. Did I tell you to turn to Genesis chapter 10? Okay, I told you that out of Noah's three sons, Shem, Ham, Japheth, out of Ham came 30, say 30, separate nations. Look at this, Genesis chapter 10, beginning with verse 6. It says the sons of Ham were Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan. The sons of Cush were Seba, Havilah, Septa, Reama, and Sabteca. And the sons of Reama were Sheba and Dedan. Cush begot Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one on the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it is said, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Erech, Akkad, and Kalna in the land of Shinar. From that land, he went to Assyria and built Nineveh, Rehoboth, Ur, and Kala. And reason between Nineveh and Kala, that is the principal city. Mizraim begot Ludim, Anamim, Lahabim, Neptahim, Pathrusim, and Cassihim, from whom came the Philistines and Captorim. Canaan begot Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth, the Jebusite, the Amorite, the Girgashite, the Hivite, the Archite, and the Sinite. The Arvidite, <laughs> the Zimmerite, and the Hamethite. Afterward, the families of the Canaanites were dispersed 
and the border of the Canaanites was from Sidon as you go toward Gera, as far as Gaza. Then as you go toward Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, and Zobayim, as far as Lasha. These were the sons of Ham, according to their families, according to their languages, in their land and in their nations. Now, <clears throat> I know if you like I am, in years gone by, when I would read the Bible, and especially go through Genesis, and I'd read all these names, somehow I couldn't even pronounce or hard pronounce and all that, it, it, it seemed like it's very boring. But I want you, if you have never in your raggedy life ever listened, you need to be listening because all of these have to do with us today. We're going to take you all the way back to Adam through some of these that we have named. And we're going to find out the truth about where we came from and why we are and what we ought to be. So we have to go through these things. So I ask the Lord to help you to look and help you to listen and help you to read. Okay, because when we get finished with it, it's going to all fit into place just like a beautiful picture in a jigsaw puzzle. Now, from Shem, the father of the Semitic or yellow color group, which includes Jews, Arabs, Middle Eastern and Asiatic people, came a total of 27 separate nations. Look at the 10th chapter of Genesis, beginning with verse 21. And the children and children were born also to Shem, the father of all the children of Eber, the brother of Japheth, the elder. The sons of Shem were Elam, Asher, Arphaxed, Lud, and Aram. The sons of Aram were Uz, Hul, Gether, and Mash, Apro so-and-so, Selah, and Selah begot Eber. To Eber were born two sons. The name of one was Peleg, for in his days the earth was divided, and his brother's name was Joktan. Joktan begot Almadad, Shelep, Hazarma, Hazarmavith, Jerah, Hadoram, Uzal, Dikla, Obal, Abimiel, Sheba, Ophir, Havilah. Now keep, listen to these names. Sheba, Ophir, Havilah, and Jobab. All these were the sons of Joktan. And their dwelling place was from Mesha, as you go towards Sefer, Sephar the mountain of the east. These were the sons of Shem according to their families, according to their languages, in their lands, according to their nations. Now from Japheth, the father of the white or Caucasian color group, which includes the Germanic peoples of Northern Europe, came a total of 15 separate nations. Now, Pick up on this. How many did I say? 15. Out of Ham came 30. Out of Shem came 27. And out of Japheth came 15. Keep that in mind. Now, in Genesis 10, I want you to look at verse, beginning with verse 2. It says, the sons of Japheth were Gomer, Magog, Maday, Javan, Tubal, Meshach, and Tyrus. The sons of Gomer were Ashkenaz, Ripheth, and Togarma. The sons of Javan were Elisha. Tarshish, Kittim, and Dodanim. From these, the coastland peoples of the Gentiles were separated into their lands, everyone according to his language, according to their families, into their nations. Say nations. Now, 
Look at the 32nd verse of the 10th chapter. It says, these were the families of the sons of Noah, according to their generations in their nations, say nations. And from these, the nations were divided on the earth after the flood. So everybody has come from Shem, Ham, and Japheth. They're responsible for every group of people that you have today. The only reason that you don't have a distinct separation of the three and instead have five is because there has been so much admixture down through history. There are very few people on the planet today that could be called pure. Ninety nine percent of everybody on the planet is a mongrel. Which simply means a mixture. But everybody on this planet is living here now came from Noah's three sons. And the majority of the people that came from Noah's three sons are dark complexion people. Because there are more dark complexion people on the planet than there are light complexion people on the planet. Well, what does all that mean? Follow on. Now, the word nations is an interesting word. In Strong's Concordance, he gives us a definition of the word nation because the word race, as we know it, referring to different color groups, the word race and ethnic, as we use them, are not found in the Bible. Ethnic is not in the Bible. Race, as referring to different groups of people, is not in the Bible. Those are manufactured words. Okay? Now, Strong's definition of the word nation reads as follows, and I want to quote from the Concordance by Strong. Under number 1484, the word is ethnos, E-T-H-N-O-S, ethnos. And it probably derives from 1486 in his Concordance, and it means a race as of the same habitat, in other words, living in the same geographical area. A tribe, a species, a foreign, non-Jewish tribe or species, usually by implication, pagan, Gentile, heathen, nation, people. That's what this word ethnos means okay listen again it means gentile heathen nation people now go to acts chapter 17 now i have to go through this and i know as i say some of it is not all that exciting but it's like everything else it there are pieces to the whole puzzle and once you get to the end and you see the whole picture you can appreciate the pieces Okay, so it's very important that you listen because much of what I'm going to be dealing with later on when we get into the racism section and the religion section, you're going to need this to tie it together. So I've got, I've got to give it to you. And since I can't give it to you, can't give you everything, I can't give you the whole series in one shot, we have to do it piecemeal. And that's why some people come up with the idea that this is what you call endless genealogies. And it doesn't have a purpose, but it does have a purpose. It does have a purpose, very important purpose, but we've got to go through each step to get to the result that we want. And once we get to the result, then we'll be able to look back at the steps and then have a greater appreciation for it. So you got to, we, we got to go, we got to go through it. Now I spent three years 
getting this information together. Sure enough, y'all can hang with me for a couple of sessions. Okay. I, I spent three years researching this. Surely you can hang with me a couple of hours. I'll, I'll have to say like Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The temptation of racism. All right. I told you to turn to Acts. And we looked at this before, but I want you to see this again. Look at verse 26, 17, 26. And he has made from one, what? Blood. Every what? God bless you. Every nation. Every ethnos. How many? From how much? That's why I said there's only one color. Now watch this. Watch it. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. Now I want you to get this. One blood, every nation. Say that. One blood, every Say it again. One blood, every All right. Now go to First Corinthians chapter 15. Now, again, I this is a, I have to build. See, so you, you gotta you got to hang with me because when we get to the punchline, then you have you you really be able to appreciate. But that these are the steps, you know, it's like working a jigsaw puzzle. Look like a great big old box full of stuff, bunch of pieces, and you know don't look like they have much to do with each other. But given enough time, it makes a beautiful picture. Right. All right. Now, I told you we just read in in Acts seventeen twenty six that God has made out of how much blood? How many nations? So every nation comes out of one blood. That's why I say there's only one color, and I'll get I'll get into that later on. And I'm going to show you this scientific. This is scientific. I'm not just talking. This is scientific truth that I'll show you later on that there's only one color. What you see is a mirage. Now, again, I want I want I want I want this to get into you. How much blood? How many nations? All. Now watch this. First Corinthians 15 and 39 says all flesh is not the same flesh. Now get this now. But there is one kind of flesh of men. Another flesh of animals, another of fish, and another of birds. But I want you to get that first. The first two lines. All flesh is not the same flesh. But there is one kind of flesh of men. Amen. Amen. Oh, did you get that? I, 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 I said, did you, did, did you get that? Yeah. All flesh is the same because it comes from the same source. Uh, you didn't get it. Let me read it again. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is how many kind? One kind of flesh of men. Men is plural. Man is singular. Men is plural. So men means all men. One kind of flesh. Another flesh of animals. Another of fish and another of birds. When he says all flesh is not the same flesh. He means man's flesh is not the same as fish flesh. As bird flesh. As animal flesh. But all men are of one flesh. Get this now. 
I got a bill. I got a bill. One out of how many bloods? How many nations? How many different kind of flesh of men? So as much as you perhaps would like to avoid it, this flesh be the same as that flesh. He won't mind this. If he does, I'll fire him. (laughs) But I want you to get this because when we get to the end of it, it's going to all It'll all hook up together, but we, I got to take it step, step by step. I can only give you a little bit of time. I want you to get that again. How many bloods? One. How many nations? One. So all nation means all ethnos. Now, we derive our English word ethnic from that ethnos. Because it's ethnic per se is not a biblical word. But we talk about different ethnic groups. There are none. There's only one. And you've been tooting your horn. <laughs> like you so special. And I already told you about the fact you ain't nothing but dirt. Remember that when we talked about dirt dust? Remember? God has told us in so many ways and we still refuse to listen to God. We'd rather listen to the devil and make all of these arbitrary distinctions, which really are not distinctions at all. They're only stinks. In the nostrils of God, because he said, I didn't say, Crenshaw Christian Center didn't say, God said, how many blood? How many nations? How many different flesh of men? One. So all man, man's flesh is the same. Well, why does it look different? We'll get to that. Well, I got to take a step at a time, but it's still the same flesh. Because God tells us, listen to it, all flesh is not the same flesh, meaning animal, bird, fish. But there is one kind of flesh of men, just one. Just one. All right, look at Romans chapter 12. I'm almost reluctant to read the verse that I want to read. Because when I read this verse, when I read this verse, it is going to be an indictment against the church the historical church of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many blood? How many nations? How many different flesh of men? One. All right. Romans 12. And, well, let, let's begin reading in verse 3. You follow. For I say through the grace given to me. Now, now understand when we're reading this Bible. God, the Father, is talking to his blood-bought, blood-washed, redeemed people meaning he's talking to every body say everybody say everybody say everybody say every man 
every woman, every boy, every girl. God is talking to his blood-bought, blood-washed, redeemed people. So when he's speaking in the Bible, he's talking to every person that claims Jesus as their Savior and Lord. Be he what we call black, white, brown, red, or yellow. I, 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 I want to, I, I, I want you to get that now. Watch this now. Here we go. Verse three. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you. Now, when it says among you, he's talking to among you saints. Now, the letter, obviously, as originally written, was directed to the church at Rome. But that's because the church at Los Angeles wasn't established yet. And so God wanted to get his word into the earth realm so that when the church at Los Angeles, Los Angeles did get established, they'd have something they could read about themselves, which applies to them, though originally given to the Romans. Okay, so you got to understand it and read it that way. For I say through the grace given to me to every man who is among you, saints of God, really is what it's talking about, see? Not limited just to the people at Rome, though they were the ones that got the first opportunity to get the benefit of the letter. Are you following me? But ultimately, God's speaking to all of his people. All right, watch this now. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Oh, you didn't get that one, did you? I guess you thought I was still reading genealogies there, huh? Got a little boring to you, huh? No, now watch this. This is God speaking to us now. So don't get upset with me. I didn't write this. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. So then that's telling me God is telling you. God is telling you. Christian. That you're not supposed to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. Now, how many blood? How many nations? How many different kind of flesh? Well, that means then white flesh ain't no better than black flesh, ain't no better than brown flesh, ain't no better than yellow flesh, ain't no better than red flesh. Ain't no better than white flesh. Ain't no better than than them. So you see then this racism thing in America about black and white shows us, and I we know every individual person is not this. We know that. I do at least. I'm and I'm not talking about every individual person. So you don't need to get on your high horses and and act like you offended. <laughs> Unless I called your name and unless you fit the bill. If, if this is not you, then I'm not talking to you. But I sure am talking to a whole lot of folk. Because it's a whole lot of folk that's kept this garbage going on. And it's all because of thinking more highly of themselves than they ought to think. You ain't nothing but dirt. Now, and this is the sad part that because some have thought more highly, they have put that monster off on others who didn't look like them and taught them by example that they are not as good as so they have thought less of themselves than they should have because they're the same flesh as the ones that are thinking highly of themselves. How many bloods? One. How many nations? One. How many flesh of men? One. So then one ain't no better than the other. 
And this is a terrible travesty of justice. Some have, some have gone to the extreme thinking more highly and others have gone to the extreme thinking too lowly of themselves. You know, low self-esteem, inferiority complex simply because we have been taught that down through the years directly and subliminally, but it's still the same mess. But listen to this, let's go on. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith or the measure of faith, as it said in the original King James. Watch this now. Verse 4, for as we have many members in one body, for as we have many members in one body, for as we have many members in one body, for as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Now, something is radically wrong in the church. Has been for the last 300 plus years. Did you get what that said? It says, so we being many are one body in Christ. And individually members of one another. Why? Because we're in the same what? body so we should have the same care for one another because we're in the same body we are one as far as god is concerned so something is wrong and i'm out of time thank you for checking out fan line until next time keep jesus first and be transformed by the renewing of your minds